Welcome to Slayer Fest 98. I'm your host, Ian Carlos Crawford, and today I'm joined by a guest host, Kirsten White. Hello, Yay. and we have two special guests with us. Am I supposed to say their names? I'm <laughs> oh, a terrible co host. <laughs> Alexis, you go first. Sorry. Hi, I'm Alexis Ned. <laughs> and our second guest is... And I'm Liza Sokol, a.k.a. Jessica Jones IRL. Yay. Um, it's true. And today we're here to discuss Jessica Jones. Um, oh, did I spoil that? No, it's okay. Um, <laughs> Matthew was kind enough to be like, yeah, you can do that, because he's not really a Marvel... Like, he'll watch the movies, but that's it. Um so he was like, yeah, sure, do whatever you want for Jessica what Jones. What a free existence that must be. <laughs> right? <laughs> to not be weighed down. I'm, I'm a slave to the plot now. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I guess we'll start with season one. Um, but also, I did want to point out that Liza does do a really badass Jessica Jones cosplay. <laughs> Thank you. I do. I am not even going to be humble about it. <laughs> it's, like, really good. Um I really love, we had last time, no, it wasn't last time, it was the time before that? I don't remember. One of, we went to Comic-Con. Yeah. She dresses Jessica Jones. I got a lot of nice pictures of me with, looking like I'm with Kristen Ritter. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm so jealous. Um, to be fair, I like, I literally actually like look like her. Like I'm pale and I have dark hair and a leather jacket. So it's just like the easiest thing in the world. <laughs> also the alcohol. Yeah. True. I am an alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> and I have a potty mouth. <laughs> yeah, Liza and I drink a lot when we're together. Um, this is going great so far. <laughs> going great. Um, already on track. So I figure we'll start with season one. My biggest, like, whatever critique of the Marvel shows would be that lots of times they don't have, like, really great standalones, um, mm -hmm. which is why we're doing one podcast about the show in general and the character. Um, but... I think this pilot is actually one of the best, uh, like, pilots in that I've watched in recent history, especially of, like, a superhero show, especially, especially of a Marvel show. I don't know how you all yeah, understand totally. I mean, like, they, don't, they don't waste any time. You know who Jessica is. You know what the stakes are. Like, I watched the, I watched the pilot for Daredevil, and I was like, ugh. You know, yeah. I don't really care. Um, but with Jessica, immediately, that, that note that they ended on was like, Oh, they aren't joking around. <laughs> yeah, like they sort of end up with the the victim, the person you were supposed to kind of root for, who she rescues, murders her own parents. And you're like, oh, oh, no, this is not going to go the way you thought it was, is it? It's yeah. just like such a powerful, like, welcome to my dark, twisted world entry into the world <laughs> of Jessica Jones. <laughs> um, yeah, I... So when I rewatched it for this podcast, actually, something that I didn't even realize... When she's reciting the street names, that her ther the therapist that she then shits on is the one that told her to do that. Like, she says mm -hmm. to, to Trish, mm. like, oh, I'm not going to that stupid bullshit doctor who, like, told me to recite street names, and that's what she does. And I like that, like, oh, look, like, she's she's being a dick, like she always is, but, like, it did kind of help her a little bit. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it's, it's very Jessica for that to happen, though, because... Yeah. I feel like people are always trying to help her. They're trying to, you know, lift her out of her alcoholism, lift her out of her, like, deep-seated depression issues. And even though on the outside she never seems like she's paying attention, she actually does deeply care and want to get better. Yeah. And I, I feel like, you know, we already get the, the flashbacks 
and I, I feel like they do them really well. When she goes to vi- to rescue Hope, uh, it reminds me. It reminds me of Faith from Buffy, in that, you know, Hope is really grateful, and she kind of doesn't know what to do with that. She's kind of like, all right, I, I'm gonna help you. She's helping this person, and she kind of is like pushed into it. But like you said, she wants to do the right thing. She does, and she wants things to get better. Um, but she's kind of like pushed into the scenario where it's like, oh shit, all this, the like worst person from her past is now. That's who she's helping this woman escape from. Um, and she kind of like, I don't know. It just, it, I, I love that kind of hero. That's the kind of hero I love. Um, Liza, that's why we're friends. <laughs> <laughs> Drag me. <laughs> I don't know. Did, did all of y'all watch Veronica Mars? Yes. I, I, I never did. Wow. So? Yeah. Yeah. So it feels very Veronica Mars. Um, it's almost like someone was like, oh, what are Ian's two favorite things? Oh, like vampire slayers <laughs> and like teenage detectives. Let's smush them together in one show as an adult who drinks a lot. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, I, when Jessica, like when this whole many, many decades ago, it feels like when this whole Marvel Netflix universe was being announced and they said that they were going to do Jessica Jones, I immediately went to like Forbidden Planet and got all of uh, Bendis's alias run to see what was happening. So I was like, oh, I think I'd like this. So I read all of it and I was like, shit, like, how are they going to pull this off on TV? She's not a character that we normally get because she's, yes, she's like an anti hero or whatever that bullshit phrase is, but <laughs> there's something else there. And I was like, there's no way they're going to do this right. Like, da 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 da. And I was so happy to be proven wrong because Kristen Ritter is just incredible in the role. And even I think at that point, she brings oh, sorry, a lot to oh. it. No, go ahead. Even at that point, because like we'd only really seen Daredevil mm-hmm. come out of Marvel Netflix, and Daredevil. I mean, Daredevil season one was spectacular, and I think that it really like assuaged people's fears about what Marvel Netflix could do. But Daredevil was also so just hardcore rooted in like specifically Catholic masculinity and yeah. hyper heteronormativity. Yeah. It's like just an incredibly heterosexual Netflix series. <laughs> and then by the time you get to Jessica Jones, you were like, okay, like I guess they can do dark and gritty, but are they going to give her something that's more than just evil ninjas? You know, like she always needed something more than that. That when it really did deliver on it in season one, even I remember being like, holy crap, did they just make like a hardcore feminist Marvel series? <laughs> like, was that really about rape culture you know mm-hmm. and i was i remember being just blown out of the water when it happened because i didn't there was nothing that translated to that at that point in the marvel cinematic netflix universe any of it yeah 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 for sure yeah i i actually read um the alias uh round of jessica jones after watching the netflix series and and they did. They did such a good job of translating that character and also updating it because yes. you know that was written by men. Um, and, True. And it's and it's great. But but what's interesting is I feel like the the alias run had better sort of like standalones and not a great overall run. Yes. Whereas yeah. the Netflix series mm-hmm. has a way better overall run for season one. And and you know it's like me. I've had three kids. I'm mushy in the middle. It's the same thing. <laughs> I feel like all of these. 
all of these Marvel Netflix series, I feel like they sort of lose the plot in the middle and they could all stand to be mm. four or five episodes shorter. And I say that loving them, but yeah. they could stand to be shorter. Yeah, no, hard agree. I think even when I was watching season two, I tweeted in the middle of it where I was like, I've just got to the part in Jessica Jones season two where that Marvel Netflix gotcha <laughs> moment happens when there's a huge development and I'm like, oof, can't wait to see the end game falling out from here. And there are seven episodes left. Yeah. And I'm like, no way. Yeah. It's too, there, there are too many episodes. Yeah. I, I, oh, for sure. There were too many episodes in the second season, too many in the first. Yeah. Just give me a. I do think the second season was like slightly better. Like I didn't, I have like pretty severe unmedicated ADD and I didn't get bored watching it. And maybe mm. I am like emotionally invested more so than when I'm watching, like, Chopped, but... <laughs> Listen, <laughs> Chopped really... is quick, though. Chopped oh, moves. I, mean, I love Chopped, but, like, <laughs> you can, like, go back in and out of it, and someone's still fucking up the ice cream machine. Like... <laughs> but with Jessica season two, I was like, oh, like, I'm I'm in this. Like, who the fuck is this curly-haired bitch? Yeah. And ironically, the one time they did give us a short order it was Defenders. Yeah. Which and is... that was still pointless. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh. It was... Um, I, was, I was so resentful that I had to watch it just to see Jessica. Like, same. I wish they had just left her out so I wouldn't have had to watch it. See, I, I was in it only to see how they were possibly going to have Luke Cage redeem Danny Rand. Because I knew they had to be best yeah. friends by the end of it. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I know it's coming. I have to see what kind of magic trick they have to pull off to make it happen. Um, yeah. And through the unbridled charisma of Mike Coulter, it did kind of happen at the end. And I and I do love him, and I really enjoyed Luke Cage. So yeah, I mean, I was watching Defenders for the two characters who had the least to do in it, yeah, Luke they... Cage and Jessica. And then also, you know, a huge crush on Misty Knight. I'm excited for her to have more to do. But Oh, um, yeah. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Robot arm. So yes. I so <laughs> Alexis, you mentioned the like the slump. I feel like season one's exact moment with the slump is when it's Trish is it Simpson? Simpson and Jessica go to capture uh Kilgrave. And yes. they like get there and then it totally falls apart. After that, she ends up living in her childhood home with him. And then yeah. after that, he's captured yeah. in the isolation place. The whole yeah. let's make Kilgrave good plot in there could have been literally entirely erased. Yeah. But it was echoed fairly cleverly in the second season, yes. I think, where Jessica tries to reform her mother as well. And I had super deja vu watching that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I feel like there were false starts, and also I feel like I forget that Will Simpson was even in season one, which goes <laughs> to show how inessential his character was. Like Same. we didn't need him, and he kind of existed to show like toxic masculinity. Like, yeah. I'm the super soldier. I should be in charge. I know more than you do, even though he didn't. But at the same time, like, yeah, we don't really need to see that. We we get it. Like, <laughs> I, yeah. Dudes. Which is why when he turned up in season two, I was like, oh, great. He's back on his bullshit. Oh, so but he's just I like, I'm here that. to protect women and then <laughs> dies. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I didn't even remember who he was at first. And yeah. I was like, wait, who is this? And then Trish starts taking his inhaler. And I'm like, God damn it. That's why you brought him back? Yeah. yeah. Like Stupid ass inhaler. I like it's think I threw my phone against the wall. Um, yeah. always drugs. I did. I, the scene that I like the most is when we're still not, we don't know that he's bad. Like he reminds me almost of Riley from Buffy. Jess goes over there, interrupts. I think like Trish and him are having sex. Um, and then they're all like convening in Trisha's kitchen 
and he keeps interjecting and they're like, hey, we don't need your help. Um, I really yeah. like that's like maybe my favorite scene with him just because that's it's like true, true. Literally, they Although, don't like shut up, dude. Sim- Simpson in season one, he was at least uh, Mr. Downtown, which I did appreciate. <laughs> oh, that's I right. think the, I think the one big sex scene we got, he was just going down on Trish Walker. That's that's what Jessica like, walks in on. Yeah, that's what she interrupts. <laughs> yeah, and I'm just like, you know what? You might be okay. <laughs> See, this is why when my sweet mother-in-law is like, I'll listen to your podcast. I'm like, no, you really shouldn't. Okay. You, you wouldn't get it. It's fine. Um, listen, when, yeah. I, when I saw Love Sorry, Simon Kirsten's with my mom. mother-in-law. <laughs> when I saw Love Simon with my about. mom, my mom turned to me and goes, what's Grinder?" I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think oh, I explained man. it pretty well. I just said it was a dating website for gay men. <laughs> Yes, yeah. you're not wrong. Right. Yes, it, I mean, website. <laughs> yeah, is a is a strong word for app. <laughs> but but I get it. I, I I get why you transliterated that. <laughs> Listen, my mom. I did a Mother's Day episode, and she kept saying, "I love that Josh Whedon. He's great." <laughs> so... <laughs> Alicia, that's so mom. Yes. I love it. And it was Ooh. like, I prepped her before we recorded to be like, Mom, you always say Josh Whedon, it's Joss. She was like, okay, got it. No. Okay, so back to season one. Yes. Um, Because I, I was specifically instructed one of my jobs as co-host is to redirect. Um, <laughs> to get my very Thank casual you. redirect. I have back a problem. Back to season one. Um, <laughs> there, were, there were a few, like, little, little subplots um, that I have to, like, force myself to remember again, like, Will. Like, there was the episode where there was the woman... Um, who kind of tried to like entrap her so that they could kill her because she was mad about powered people. Um, mm, mm-hmm. And I feel like the problem that you have with series like this, when you set up like a bad guy who is actively like doing just the worst things is whenever the characters take time to sort of solve mysteries like that, you're like, why are you wasting time on that? Yeah. And I feel like they kind of picked up on that in season two because she doesn't spend time on Jerry's requests Malcolm does it. And and I think that's a good use of like, I call it like the Stranger Things effect where you give every level of person something that's suited to their level so that you don't have like the way high up people doing like the little kid things of like, you know, I don't know, riding their bikes around town. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but I feel like, I feel like season one, um, the thing that I love the most about it besides Jessica, like Jessica and Trisha's relationship. Um, I love that Kilgrave is just 100% a dick. He's just, he has this power that he could have used to take over the world. And what is he using it for? He's using it to rape women and stay in really nice places and just sort of like get his way and hang out. Yeah. And like, I feel like in the Marvel world, one of the things they suffer from is uninteresting villains because the villain's goal is always just like destroy everything. Yeah. Um, and not always. I mean, obviously we have some really good counterexamples, but but I kind of shout love out that to Killmonger, but that's about it. it. That, that's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> um, he's just the greatest. Um, but but Kilgrave is just he's just a slime ball. He's yeah. just the slimiest little wiener <laughs> who has superpowers and like he's unambitious but he and is I scary kind of, like, though i think he's so oh, yeah. scary. terrible oh, yeah because you know that guy and you know that guy that if he was able to do that he totally would yeah. 
Um, and so I feel like that's what helped make it kind of more of an intimate story that it really was about Jess and about her PTSD and, and kind of like facing down her demons because it wasn't this whole like save the world scenario. It was a save yourself scenario. Yeah, I, I think that Jessica Jones succeeds where a couple of the other Marvel Netflix series fail and that they scaled their villain correctly. Yes. Because part of the other issue with Marvel Netflix is that if the threat is too big, why aren't the Avengers there? Yeah. Oh, exactly. the same problem with S.H.I.E.L.D. too. Yeah. Like, yeah. on S.H.I.E.L.D., literally, like, the timeline and the entire universe is ending. And, like, <laughs> where is Thor? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, straight up. No, really. Which is why I think that they were so smart to center the villain that they had in Jessica Jones season one, where it was a small scale of, pro- I mean, I say like, you know, sexual assault is a small scale thing, but like, it's no, but I know super mean. not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was it was a small scale enough issue to the point where like, yes, this would be taken care of essentially street thug level superheroes yeah. mm-hmm. who had to deal with it. But it was also such a specific women oriented issue where only Jessica could have taken that. And the fact that she had personal ties to it. Yeah. But I just thought that that was such a smart and interesting way to have, you know, your first solo female hero. It, it almost out for everyone, yeah. It almost felt like, un, like, I mean, this is why we love it, but it's so weirdly unlike anything Marvel had done before. Yeah. Which is, it's weird that they took it. I remember when, like, yeah, I think I had only read volume one and two of her graphic novel, the alias one before the show. And I did really love it. But, like, I remember thinking, like, there's no way this is going to translate well. They're going to make it, it's going to be, like, I thought it'd be, like, written by men and, like she'd i don't know i it ended up being nothing what i expected and it's weird yeah. that it worked but it totally did um because it's so it is so different and i feel like even and i do like daredevil a lot um even in daredevil iron fists and luke cage those problems do seem like problems that could possibly get other people involved um or like you know i mean and we'll talk about this when we get to season 2 but like i even like why wouldn't someone call someone for these problems? And with Jessica, it's like, okay, there's just this guy. She's kind of a dickhead. She, like, doesn't work well with others. This all makes sense as to why she's hunting him down. And also, at that point, she didn't know anyone else except for Luke, yeah. who she meets. We see her meet. Um, yeah. And, you know, she finds out he's a hero. Like, she finds out he has power. She didn't know that before. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it, like, it, it just all 100% makes sense. We don't think... Oh, the Avengers would know about like we just it makes it works. My my other favorite thing about season one is that the that the central love story is between Jessica and Trish. It's yeah. the love between sisters. It's the love between friends and how you know that that sisterhood. That's what gets you through. That's who's going to believe you and support you when nobody else does. Which I loved. And then season two, <laughs> <laughs> so, which to be fair, explored an entirely different level of the sister yeah. relationship, just not the love. I mean, side. I have three sisters. Like I get both sides. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I have a I, I have an older sister too, and like you know, love her to death. There's still always going to be some kind of a rivalry in there yeah. about things. So I think yeah. they did develop on like the the dark side of sisterhood. Uh-huh. But I do think in season one, just having Trish, um, just having her in there and like you said, having her being like this very supportive role who wants Jessica to reach her full potential, who is ambitious, where Jessica is inert 
was super important. Yeah, they were a great foil for one another. So, I mean, I have, there's some hiccups in this, but at least in season one, it feels very like friendship is kind of magic. Like, it feels very like... (laughs) <laughs> like you know wow. like, and I remember when I watched little it, ponies. <laughs> I remember when I was going through season one being like oh I kind of hate that the one dude of color that's not like a love interest is a like addict and like can't get it together and mm. then I love that that was like also turned on its head where it was like oh, oh he, yeah. yeah I was like, nuts about Malcolm's treatment in season one especially because there was that awful scene where jessica basically both recognizes and abuses her white privilege on him mm-hmm. when she takes him to the hospital yeah yeah and yeah. and she basically she's like oh here's this scary black guy and uses malcolm as a distraction so <laughs> yeah. she can steal stuff and i'm like oh jessica like you know what you're doing and you know what systems make that happen but you still abuse that yeah well and it wasn't if, for me that's when jessica does remind me of veronica mars because um, I there was like an essay about like why we love Veronica even though she lies, and I feel like I think about that with Jessica a lot because Jessica does kind of she will kind of like steamroll the people around her to like if there's a problem and she feels she needs to solve it she doesn't care who she like kind of demolishes in her path. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and I I mean I feel like you know that's why we love her because she is kind of also a fuck up. Um. And yeah, I don't know. I yeah, I I agree with you, Alexis. And I feel like, but it did make sense. Like it felt on par with her character. Yeah, like from a, from you a know, detective yeah. standpoint, good move. But like from, from a like a, person, am I supposed yeah. to like you perspective? <laughs> yeah, not great. Yeah. yeah. Well, I I really appreciate that the show doesn't necessarily ask us to like her. Yes, um, mm-hmm. we we do. But I love, I just love that this is this is a show filled with women across the spectrum. And I love that, like, this sleazy, womanizing lawyer is a woman. Like, <laughs> yes. I just am, I'm oh. always so delighted by Jerry because when do women get to do that without, like, without moral judgment? I mean, obviously the show is not saying, like, she's the greatest person right. and we recognize that. But, like, she gets the dude's role and it was, it was you know, she was not in the comics. Um, and it I, was originally supposed to be a guy, right? Yeah, yeah. And comics, yeah, I think the character, like the, what's the word I'm looking for? The blank for her in the comics? The eh. Analog? Yes, analog. Yes, that's the word. Thank you, Alexis. What are words? Um, the analog <laughs> for her is like a male lawyer. Yeah. With a different name, yeah. I think. I don't know. But yeah. It, Jerry Hogarth is a spectacular character and a great addition to the show. And I love seeing Carrie Ann Moss in anything because I just yeah. recall how much I loved Trinity. <laughs> <laughs> just so formative in my childhood and teen years. And just seeing her be an absolute rat bastard who you also yeah. kind of feel sorry for at times. Yeah. It's so good. Well, yeah, and I, I feel oh, like so well. almost all of these characters. I mean, not like Trish definitely doesn't in season one, but in season two she totally does. All of these characters kind of live in the gray area. They're not like I don't think there's like very black and white on either side for every character, right? Like, like we still kind of like Jerry, even though, like you said, she's a sleazebag lawyer she's who like doesn't give a person. shit. But like, yeah. you still like her and enjoy watching her. It's yeah, no, she she set a homeless woman up to murder a guy yeah. and then calls the police. And you're just like, you go, Jerry. You do you. That's my baby. 
<laughs> oh, but it was so smart because you thought she was going to do it, which was so out of character for her. But no, yeah. she's going to make somebody else do it. Yeah, yeah which Jerry Hogarth we're talking about. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, oh man! And so good times, good times. <laughs> um, <laughs> what else am I going to say? Um, oh, so I don't know. The I mean, I know we already touched upon this, but like the the part where she's living in her childhood house, that's like for me the only like like low point of the season where it's like, oh, what are we doing here? Um and I think I mean I think her and David Kristen Ritter and David Tennant have really good I mean I don't know that chemistry is the right word for this, but they're really good together. Yeah. Like, Adversarial acting. chemistry. Yeah. Yeah. Like you believe that this badass character, Jessica, that we like we see not give a shit, not get scared, is terrified when she's around this man. And this man is is terrifying to watch. Um so I think it's like everyone's doing good work here. <laughs> um, yeah, it was great. I mean, I think it was it was so smart to cast David Tennant because, you know, when he was the doctor in yeah. Doctor Who to drag another show into the, <laughs> the canon. Um, like people usually did what he said but it's because he was the doctor. Yeah. And it was because he was charming and he was cleverer than everyone else. And people just kind of followed him wherever he did. So to just turn that trope on its head. And be like, oh, no, no, no. They're following what he's doing because he has powers and he's an asshole. Yeah. Was, and even his performance, like he had very Doctor Who-ish tics. Yeah. Uh-huh. When he was performing Kilgrave. And I just thought like, what amazing casting for him to incorporate just enough of why we love him and use those exact yeah. traits to make us hate him. Yeah. Was so great. Yeah, I and, thought that was fantastic. And it, it made him scarier. Yeah. Because yeah. you saw back to how much you were like, of course you follow the doctor. Of course you do what he does. Yeah. And then to see that be like, oh, oh no, you you don't. You do not want to do what this yeah. man wants you to do. Um, uh, just like a, a brilliant black mirror um, <laughs> held up for the rest of his career. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, and... Yeah, he... I. It, you're right, Alexis, I hadn't thought about that, but it is, like, because you can see the Doctor Who charm there, but, like, clearly Kilgrave isn't charming, but, like, you can see, like, the little traits. Um, yeah. Yeah, and that helps make him so fucking terrifying. Um, yeah, I would even say he's, like, I feel like him, Killmonger, and Loki are, like, the best MCU villains. Ward! <laughs> I will die on this hill! Wait, Shield did such good with Grant Ward. Oh, I hate Grant Ward. Uh, he's the un he's the like perfect unredeemable villain. Like there's no way he can be redeemed. It's perfect. Right. I would I I'm pers- out on this hill to die. <laughs> I am personally fond of Vincent D'Onofrio. <laughs> in his ter- yes. He's, he, he was a, he, he was a terrifying king by the time you got to the scene in daredevil where he smashed somebody's head with the car door i was like i am i'm in (laughs) i'm in i wanna i wanna see this guy terrorize some stuff (laughs) i did really enjoy mahershala ali in luke cage and not just because i enjoyed looking at him although that's a huge factor (laughs) Um, but he was really interesting and he was really layered and then they murdered him to make way for the I'm out for revenge and power guy who was so uninteresting. Yeah. It was really disappointing because they got rid they of their nuanced Black guy. Hmm? That's true. They did leave us Black Mariah. Yes. And she was fantastic. 
But I felt like, I felt like, and I can't remember his name because I can't remember anybody's names ever. <laughs> um, my kids are lucky I know who they are. <laughs> but like the, the Mahershala Ali's character was just, he was, you felt so, you felt so bad for him. And he was also a terrible murderer, yeah. which is great. Yeah. Um, and his, his piano playing scenes were goddamn yes. masterworks. Yes. Yeah. And then the, yeah, then Copperback, I don't know. They all Cotton had mouth. names. Um, <laughs> Yeah, Cotton he was caught in mouth. Still a heard, snake. You were there. Still a snake. Okay, <laughs> you know, it's just snake imagery. But then, yeah, the dude they replaced him with was just so uninteresting. But at least we have Mariah. Yeah, I mean, so. well, it's like the weird thing they did in Defenders, right? Where, like, they have the more interesting villain, and then they kill that villain as, like... Yeah, you a, don't kill Sigourney Weaver. Come on. Uh, that was, like... Yeah. That was like yeah. a homophobic like moment in the <laughs> series. <laughs> like I remember being like, "What? You've got to be kidding me!" Like that's yeah. that's it. Yeah, that they it. they re- they really thought we cared way more about Electra than we did. Yeah. No. Oh yeah. I no. mean, the the further removed I am from the Defenders, the le- like I realized the like I didn't like it. Well, the entire plot hinged on Danny Rand doing the one idiotic thing that he absolutely shouldn't do and didn't need to do and he did it and i'm like come on guys yeah they're like whatever you do don't punch this wall danny (laughs) (laughs) and god damn it at the end of the series danny punches the wall and you're like can you just not unlock the vault full of dragon bones yeah yeah. I'm glad y'all said that you don't care about Electra though, because I don't no. either. And I felt like this massive amount of guilt that I'm like, <laughs> what am I doing wrong? But no. See, but I, 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 it's Netflix that's wrong. I, I thought I really uh, like her. And Elodie Young does what she can. This is this is no indictment on Elodie Young as Electra. I just feel like she she seemed like she was not even tacked on, but like post-it note glued on to Matt Murdock's backstories. When she showed up, I was like, okay, he has an ex-girlfriend, I guess. There is like, there was no weaving of her into his narrative that made it seem formative. I, I have to say, I did enjoy her in Daredevil season two. Like I thought her as the wild card, like ex that he still held a flame for. I appreciated that. And I enjoyed watching them together. I enjoyed watching her throw herself head on into every like ninja crazy fight, but they didn't give us enough to make me care about her zombie per- her zombie villain version. Yes, like yeah, hard agree. There just wasn't yeah. anything in Defenders. She wasn't the Electra we had gotten to know yeah. in Daredevil. So why the hell do I care? To the end of Defenders, when Matt Murdock sacrifices himself for. Ugh. Literally one last kiss. Yeah, like with this woman, you're like, you know she's irredeemable. Everyone knows she's irredeemable. She's not Electra. Like, why she... is this why is this the sexy hill you're dying on? <laughs> it just it just didn't make any sense. Like I kept yelling like Matt, leave. Matt, get on the elevator. Matt. Right? Just like fucking so go, dumb. dude. Yeah. Um yeah. so wait, before we get fully into defenders, um I do I I mean, this, I might be a little... So, I think the best two episodes in Jester Jones Season 1 would be the first and the last. Like, I think both of them are, mm-hmm. like, pretty mm. emotional. Like, I... When yeah. Jessica... In the, at the end of that first episode, when Jessica's walking out to that cab, and... Hold on, I wrote it down so I could quote it correctly. What does she say? Um, Knowing it's real means you've got to make a decision. One, keep denying it. Or two, do something about it. And she turns back around... 
for me, like the emotional baby that I am, it makes me cry because I'm like, oh, you're doing the good thing. You really don't want to. You don't want to fucking deal with this, but you're doing the good thing because you're a hero and I love you. Um, <laughs> and I just think that's like such a really good end to that episode and a good strong moment. Like we meet her and she's already depressed and beaten down and doesn't give a shit about anything. Um, so then at the end, when Kilgrave is having these people beat each other to death and she turns to Trish and is like, I love you. I don't know. For me, it's they're both really like emotional beats, and I really like them. Um, mm, yeah. And I've never felt so good about watching someone get their neck snapped. <laughs> like, right? <laughs> For real? Yeah. <laughs> it just it's felt true. like oh, like weight was lifted off my shoulders. I was like, oh, thank God, he's dead. Like, fuck. Um. So, yeah. So, um, I guess we can go into defenders officially. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy, let's. <laughs> oh, I have been. Saving some thoughts. (laughs) And by thoughts, I mean one thought. Give me your hot take. Okay. My favorite thing about reading Alias is Jessica and Luke together. They are perfect. They are the OTP, as the kids say. (laughs) I probably just bunked that. I want (laughs) Jessica and Luke together. Rosario is great. I love Claire. I get that she used to be apparently the thread that ties all the Netflix shows together. I guess they gave up on that. Yeah. Stop sleeping with Luke. Let Luke and Jessica have beautiful <laughs> babies together. What is wrong with everyone who works at Netflix and Marvel? <laughs> Jessica's not ready for that level, though. But I want it. I don't care if she's ready. I'm ready. Okay, here's, here's the cutest thing to tide you over until they get there. In the comics, Jessica and Luke have kids together, and Squirrel Girl is their is their babysitter. <laughs> Oh, they deserve that. Damn. Squirrel Girl is their babysitter, which just, there you well, go. Squirrel Girl's coming to Freeform, right? Oh, yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. So I that's never that. going to happen yeah, because yeah. they can't even. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, it, it is a very odd uh, juxtaposition yeah. when you've got this version of Jessica Jones. Um, girl. So I guess we should, I, I forgot to mention Claire because I actually really enjoy her and Jessica's scenes together. Um, yeah. And I, you know, I mean, for me, Claire, which it is really weird that they just kind of dropped her as the connecting thread. Um, and that in Defenders, I really thought, I mean, I'm glad they didn't do this, but I thought she was going to be the Coulson. Like, I thought it was going to be like, because she did know everyone, I thought we were going to get, like, her introducing them, saying they should get together to fight the hand, them all being like, nah, we don't want to. Jessica definitely saying no, and then Claire <laughs> dying, and that's why they came together. I'm glad that didn't happen, but, oh. al- but also it felt really weird that there was, like, in Defender, she, like, we spent all this time watching her in every show, and then she just didn't really do much. Right? Mm, yeah, yeah, she didn't have much of a role. Um, um, I did love, I did really like Jessica and Luke's chemistry. In Defenders, though, I feel like they, they bridged that sort of post horrible horrible um breakup on on defenders like leaving that door just a little bit open just a little bit cracked where you're like okay yeah i can see them working their way back to each other yeah i mean i i fully expected luke to show up in season two i did yes. yeah yeah i was surprised that we got did. nothing nothing uh, not especially no, when Claire. he would have been really helpful how about you just stand in front of this window so if anyone tries to shoot me or my mom, that <laughs> yeah. happens. That's yeah. your whole yeah. job. Just stand yeah. there and look handsome. Yeah. I mean, I know, like, I, 
there's this issue with the MCU being so huge and everything like it either you either get Infinity War where everybody and their mom is in it or it doesn't connect at all. And I think Marvel has a hard time hitting that medium point. Yeah. Yeah. And it's I mean, it's apparently happening again with Coulson being in Captain Marvel. Yeah. Which I think is a cop out because it's set in the 90s. But like, (laughs) do you? But like, I want we what is the point of it all being connected if it's not connected? Yes. Yes. A hundred percent that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like, remember, like, 10 years ago when the tagline was literally it's all connected. (laughs) Ha. Wow. Taking me back. I know. We were babies. And now it's like, eh, kind of is. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It is if you pay for Hulu and pay for Netflix and go to the movies every month and then pray (laughs) that you'll see your favorite characters, but they don't show up. I mean, I feel like Luke Cage season two has to address where he was. Well, he was in jail. After defend, wait, sorry, I forgot. Did he go back to jail? Oh no, wait, no. no. After defenders, out of jail. He That's gets, right. He it, got out of jail. Defender starts after. with him getting I, out of jail. Um, I've forgotten a lot about defenders on purpose because I was so annoyed. <laughs> I had to watch the whole thing. Um, I, mean, I did really enjoy the scene where Sticks, whoever that dude was. I have not watched all of um, Daredevil, obviously. <laughs> Tells her to sit down and shut up, and she just walks out. Yeah, and I love that. I love that. Yeah, like, that was a that was a great moment of like an unstoppable force meeting an immovable object. <laughs> it was just like I'm not doing this anymore. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Hard I mean, I did. That's the thing. I have to say that was what I wanted the most, and I was glad we got that out of Defenders was Jessica having no time for any of their bullshit. Um, yeah, I did appreciate. You know, the moment she meets Daredevil when he walks in and he's like, Jessica, can I ask you how long you've been a PI? And she goes, no. And like, that's it. <laughs> that's her answer. <laughs> and then, you know, yeah. when when Stick is telling them about everyone and they're like, oh, well, the hand. And then Iron Fist says a couple of his villains names and she's like, oh, these names are killing me. And just like rolls her eyes. <laughs> and like, those are like really good like exactly what we want from Jessica if she has to be in this environment. Yeah. You know? Jessica yeah. as the Marvel Netflix's bullshit detector. Yeah. <laughs> Living, breathing, drinking bullshit detector. Yeah. Like yeah. this I is mean, dumb. Dragons aren't real. Yeah. And she didn't have a lot to do, let's be honest. Yeah. And they did not yeah. give her much to do. So I'm glad that she was in it. But I wish that she hadn't been because then I wouldn't have watched it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and I did like when she threw the car at Electra. That was a pretty good scene. That was um, good. That was, yeah. that was pretty dope. I mean, but, her and Luke had some good scenes. Like I said, I liked how they kind of came to a sort of resolution about yeah. how they ended up. Um, and at least they didn't like, was, he didn't hate her anymore. Yeah. yeah. She was pretty yeah. much just there to roast everyone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was her. Because, like, if you think about the continuity between season one of Jessica Jones and season two, the effects of the Defenders did not affect her at all. At like, all. except that once mm-hmm. she's like, tried to team up, one guy died, whatever. Like, yeah. literally one throwaway line in season two. There was no, there were, there was very little character development in the Defenders, except for Matt, who went from alive to the dead. dead. <laughs> <laughs> went from alive, dead to nuns. <laughs> so we'll see how the nuns work out in season three. And then, like, Luke and Danny kind of became friends, which would still never happen. Danny is not no. cool enough to be friends with Luke no. Cage, regardless of what happened. But Jessica, I think, was particularly, and I think I used this, this word before, but she was very inert for yeah. Defenders. Yeah. Yeah, no, and. Yeah, like, aside from roasting them, yeah, like, 
even her like her only storyline there was kind of like i don't play well with others okay i'll still play along but i'm still gonna be like very sassy about it um which is like fine but it didn't really develop her at all um yeah i did i did and liza had mentioned this i did like her friendship or if you call it that with daredevil um i felt like they got the most like we got a lot of like luke cage and danny ran and we got a lot of her with daredevil i felt like it was kind yeah. of like the pairings um and i did just like you know she like tells him he looks like an asshole when he wraps his her scarf around his head yeah you know when he comes back in costume and she's like what is this um yeah and then when he puts it on again towards the end she's like well there it is again um and i like that but yeah like she really and it felt like i did feel that daredevil genuinely seemed to at least appreciate her more than yeah like, right like i mean i think matt i mean the people in Jessica's lives who are lawyers understand her very well. And that's a very <laughs> specific subset of people. But I do think that he he kind of got her. He knew what her dealio was. And he's like, I think, I don't think he ever said it, but in his head, there was a very much like, thanks for coming. Yeah. With Matt Murdoch's <laughs> relationship with her. She's like, you don't have to be here. But I'm glad you are. And I see that you're making a sacrifice against your drinking and asshole time <laughs> for you to come and do this with us. Yeah. And I like the appreciation. But at the same time, like, I, I, you never got to see her mourning his death. Like, I feel like it was a very one-sided appreciation. So by the time he actually, like, kind of kicks it, but not really. Right. Like, there was, there was no repercussion. There was no emotional reverberation. It felt so flat. And I think yeah. we will see more reverberation in Luke Cage season th two, which I... Is that next? Is it? I'm not even sure. I'm not I sure. If, I'm, I'm, I not no sure idea. If, I'm not sure if Daredevil 3 or Luke Cage 2 is next. We know it's not going to be Iron Fist 2. I think it's Luke. <laughs> it's okay. got to be Luke. Cause, and as it confirms that Iron Fist is in there... Because if, if he's not, then officially Defenders is retconned. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Which like, I'd be totally cool with. I'd be totally cool with. Like, what the fuck did we spend let's that just, time with them? Yeah. yeah why why did that happen? Out. I feel like Danny Ren has to be in Luke Cage season two. Yeah, probably. Oh, I feel, well, I, They're going to do some heroes well, for hire shit. It's going to be boring <laughs> because Danny Rand is boring and there's no amount of suave Luke Cage that can save him. I mean, from listen, boring. they might Ragnarok him. If what do you they, mean? If they just like straight up rewrite Danny Rand... To the point where he's awesome, like they did with Thor and Ragnarok. <laughs> oh, I feel, shit. I feel like that's the only way. It's just to ignore every other personality trait he's built up for Defenders and Iron Fist, and to put him next to Luke Cage. Like you have to up his charisma. My God, he will fade <laughs> into the background like the wallpaper if you don't. <laughs> but like, good. Like I don't yeah. want to have to keep watching Danny Rand. Like I didn't watch Iron Fist. It was the no. first time I had like. Like stepped away from being a Marvel purist, and like I don't feel guilty about it anymore. Like I did because I'm insane, and I was like, "Oh, I'm not. I'm gonna see all of this." And then I was like, "I read Io9's like, here's what you need to know for the Defenders," and I was like, mm, "I didn't miss shit." Yeah, 
There and I don't want to have to like keep reading io9 recaps because I don't want to be bothered watching the actual show. Like, just make a good show. Yeah, I mean, I think Danny Rand meeting more than one black person is an interesting <laughs> enough plot point to get me to watch him <laughs> and Luke Cage if, it, if he actually has to show up there. <laughs> just, you know, for, for the first time in his life, learning about stuff. Going to Harlem. <laughs> My dad never let me come here. <laughs> <laughs> so we get, so the, the end of Defenders, I have to say, that was my one, not my one, no. It was one of my many, like, big issues is that Daredevil just died and it didn't seem like anyone really gave a shit. Um, I mean, was, I didn't, but. <laughs> and I, I like, yeah. I do like Daredevil, I do. But it, and not even Karen kind of gave a shit. Right. And she had, oh, fuck and she Karen. Had, she had Punisher. <laughs> By the time we get to her and Punisher, like, is anyone talking about your dead friends? Right. Like, please. <laughs> um, I have accidentally not watched Punisher yet. I want to. Oh, you know I what, Liza? To watch it. You should probably watch Punisher. I think you would like it. If yeah. only for like the Loki rampant homoeroticism between him and Micro. Yeah. A oh, lot I of am that. extremely attracted to Burnthal, especially <laughs> as Punisher, because that's some like deep rooted shit that I need oh, to unpack. No, I mean, but, the like, guy walks dick first into every room he goes into. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. I'm not proud of it. This is where I am. It's my truth. But for some reason, like when I'm like, oh, it's Saturday morning. Let me eat a breakfast sandwich and watch my shows. I always forget to watch Punisher. Wait, so did I, Alexis, I think you know this. Liza, you might, when, when I was working my part-time job in Brooklyn and he came into my work and he, I only realized this after I watched Punisher. So the way, you know how Punisher is like very, well, Alexis, you watch it. So you know how he's like very polite to like women. He's a nice boy who kills thousands of people i was I, I was retroactively excited because he definitely talked to me the way he talks the way punisher talks to women on the show he was like very super oh, polite he frank like, castle loves women he was like overly so polite with me and he was with his son and he was it was like really it was like you would think this was like a gay fantasy i made up because he's like being a hot dad and he was wearing a literal punisher, daddy he was wearing a Punisher jacket that was, like, just unzipped enough that I could see he wasn't wearing a shirt underneath. <laughs> Jesus. And I'm like, what is going on? Like, is this a joke? Like, what? <laughs> and he, like, kept calling me sir, and, like, he shook my hand and said thank you. Um, yeah, it was really weird. Oh, um, he probably wow. has such a good handshake. Yeah. <laughs> He's got a good everything. Yeah. Listen, anyway, so Kirsten. the point is, <laughs> throughout all so, like, maybe watch Punisher. <laughs> so, but yeah. yeah, like, nobody cared about Daredevil dying. Yeah. Not even Karen. But I don't care about Daredevil dying. <laughs> yeah. But they're supposed like, to be his friends. Right, but like, I mean, I, I feel like his death uh, was undercut by the fact that you know they're not killing Charlie Cox. Come right. on, that man's lips launched a franchise. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I do have to say, I love that their weird plan was to use jessica as bait and when she gets down to their like cave cavern whatever she's like look i don't give a shit what you guys are doing um like i remember watching that line specifically and then being like also bless liza because she lets me use her netflix and being like let me log into liza's netflix on my computer so i can make a gif of that um, okay to be fair it's my parents netflix i'm not that much of a saint but continue. it's i still appreciate it um but yeah like for me that was like i remember laughing out loud at that but like that's it yeah yeah 
Um, I mean, that Defenders was a waste of right time. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. It, I do think it could have been really good. Yeah. And it's kind of surprising how... Maybe. Uh, I don't know. It, but could it have been? Like, yeah. really could I it think it had been. the potential. No, it, it could have been. Yeah. It could have I don't know. I'm like... If, if they had used it as a bridge between series... Because, like, it really was the end of their phase one. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. was It was the end of phase one. It was like... It was... This is a bad analogy. It was the Ultron, not even the Avengers. It was the Ultron because the next one after that was an unknown character, Punisher. Yeah, that's true. You know, kind of the, the analog. He was the, 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 the Ant-Man, the, the, the <laughs> war story of the Marvel Netflix universe. And I feel like if they had used it to push forward at everyone's plots, to give them important things to do that put them in a very unique and interesting place... So you're looking forward to the season two, in Daredevil's case, season three, of what they had to do. They probably accomplished that with Daredevil, because I want to know what's up with the nuns. I want to know how he's coming back to life. Cool. Everyone else, pretty much the exact goddamn place they left off on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and I think, that's, I think that's the biggest flaw, is that Jessica Jones and Luke Cage in particular were too um, peripheral to the plot line. It was yeah. very much a Daredevil and Iron Fist plot. Um, which brings us to, since we didn't progress any at all with Jessica Jones and Defenders, it brings us to Jessica Jones season two. Yay. Let's pretend that never happened. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So, and it's yeah. very, it's very easy to. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, so my first note on this is, man, the season is rough and I really hope oh, season three is like, everyone's just like, I hope we can get a few episodes where her, Trish, and Malcolm have, like, a really good day. I don't know. <laughs> what are you, yeah. you going to do? Like, go to brunch? I would love that. Ian, you'll appreciate this. I'm also currently in season six rewatch of Buffy, so I just feel like I'm being punished by the things I like right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, same. Oh, you want to watch some TV? Here's pain. Here's everyone um, you love being miserable. <laughs> it was it was a very bleak season. And, I mean, season one was not happy. Yeah. I mean, you know, the antagonist was a rapist. Like, it was like, not... A happy thing, but boy, season two was rough. And I think it is because they dismantled those core relationships, that Trish, yes. Jessica, and Malcolm dynamic that they built up so well in season one. Season two is let's dismantle this. And can we just have a moment of silence for Malcolm's hair? Oh, I know. Oh, R.I.P. Oh. I was so that sad. Hurt. Man, that he is really, fine really as hurt. shit no matter what he does, though. Ooh, he's... It's true, but yeah. that hair was so good. Yeah. It was good hair. Oh, wow. <sighs> oh, well. But honestly, like, and I know we're, I'm sorry, Ian, I'm a terrible co-host. I'm just jumping ahead <laughs> to the end. I was actually happy for Malcolm. I feel like Jessica is very toxic for him. And I feel yeah. like, like Me him too. being able to say, like, I have atoned, I have made up, I cannot continue to suffer and put my life on hold for her. I was like, you, yeah, good for you. Both okay, those white women were horrible for Malcolm. Yes. Both yeah. of yes. them were. Absolutely. When Trish yeah. gave him the drugs in the middle of oh, the season, gosh. I was like, Ooh, come on. Worst. Come on. That this was is so bad. annoying. Yeah. Trish yeah. is so annoying. Yeah, she's really bad this season. Yeah, and it's, I mean, like, yeah, it's it's impressive to make this bleaker than season one. When season <laughs> one was, like, already pretty fucking bleak. But yeah. I think it was because we had Trish totally balancing things out in season one. Like, she yeah. she was kind of there to support Jessica. And here she's, like, totally decimating everything and ruining her life and kind of fucking over Jessica and Malcolm. But I think Punisher is one of the few shows 
that does have like one standout episode that I would go back to rewatch without watching the whole thing. And it's an episode where I, I, Alexis, remind me, isn't it like four different people tell the same story and almost yes. everyone is lying? I thought that episode the, was really good. The story of the bombing in the hotel yes. room. Yes, I thought that episode was fucking fantastic. That was that was a really well done episode. It was like especially you know, once once you get to the climax and realize what really happened, then you're just like blown away. Yeah, like I, I almost, that intrigues me. I Literally, uh-huh. wish we could get something like that with Jessica, where it's like one really good standalone. Um, yeah, which is like yeah. Like, the thing I love about yeah. Buffy is because it does have episodes that I will, I don't need to watch the whole story. And, you know, I, I love Lost, too, but Lost kind of is a lot like uh. that, where you do kind of need everything going on. There's very few episodes that either don't make me just cry because someone's dead, or that you don't need, like, the whole story. Um, yeah. They need a Memphis so this is us reference. They need like, nice. that is. Yes. <laughs> They need a Memphis. <laughs> Give me a Memphis. It, it it focuses on two characters as opposed to everyone else, and it destroys you. Well, I I do think Shield is good at like bottle episodes yes. too. Well, I don't. I am not a Shield stan. I don't know where know. this is coming from. <laughs> I. We're, like this podcast is gonna end, and I'm never gonna talk about Shield again, <laughs> <laughs> unless we're texting about it. <laughs> True. Eliza I feel like the one the one episode that they came close to doing that was when the mom fills in the backstory when her mom fills in the backstory of when she had actually seen Jessica. True. And oh, and she yeah, yeah that's Jessica true. Alias, Ooh, you got where she you're got the right. You're right. That she won't let go of. Uh, I love the was, jacket origin story. Yeah, I thought that was, was so great. nice. Yeah, and that was kind of like an oh, um, but other than that, yeah, like I keep trying to think of all the threads that they had and like trying to track down these guys. Oh, well, they're all dead, so that storyline doesn't matter anymore. And like when she fought the guy in the wheelchair, that felt like, come on. Um, <laughs> seriously. Also, anyway, but like all those, all those things that just did not end up mattering at all. Yeah. Kind of was frustrating. I completely forgot about. That's something I wanted to mention. That first episode, she ruins a funeral, and she's wrong yeah. about why she ruins a funeral. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, she sure. basically just goes in there to destroy someone's funeral and then leaves, and there's no good reason why she actually destroyed the funeral. No, it doesn't accomplish anything, because the only reason they end up coming into contact with her mom is through Trisha's show. Yeah. So, like, all of their, yeah. like, sleuthing didn't really accomplish anything. Um, and it... it the the Jessica and Trish thing was really frustrating too because Trish was so there for Jessica in season one and then in season two where Trish is very obviously struggling and very obviously on something. All Jessica ever says is like, do you need me to call your sponsor? Like she doesn't actually yeah. help. Yeah, yeah they she don't engage with Trish each other's plot lines. And then she moves on. And that was like, that's that feels pretty unforgivable to me. Yeah. Yeah, because um, like Trish is being awful, like legitimately she's being awful, but she's always been there for Jessica when Jessica's yeah. being awful, and then it's not reciprocated. Yeah, I no, I agree with that. Um, I think that was something I texted Liza about when I was watching it, actually. Um, but so I wanted to point out um, two things from like the first two episodes: the the little child that lives downstairs, her pseudo love interest child Vito. Oh, Vito. Vito. Let me tell you. Baby Vito. A little little maybe femme Latin boy being enamored with Jessica really struck a chord in my heart. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder why. 
<laughs> I was just like, oh my god, I love this child. Um, and I love that he was like immediately like, <gasps> like he was so excited about her being like a quote unquote superhero. Um, and I just insane though. What'd you say? Like, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, the fact like they in season one when like they like she like alludes to like the green guy and that's the closest we ever get <laughs> to like a crossover like. Think about, like, what it would be to be, like, a small child in the MCU. Like, all you'd want to do is have a neighbor that can, like, punch through walls. <laughs> yeah, something else. I've, I've, I've long desired to have, like, a fan fiction podcast about New Yorkers existing during the MCU. Alexis, oh, we've talked about this, haven't and, we? And just being like, well, there goes Harlem. <laughs> Oof. There goes Midtown. Fuck it. I'm moving to Queens. Oh, God, there's a spider kid in Queens. Oh, Jesus. This is a nightmare. You know what? DC tried to do it with that Vanessa Hudgens show. Oh, yeah. oh that's and right. It, it failed miserably for a lot of reasons. But <laughs> which, which Vanessa Hudgens show? Powerless, um, right? Oh, Powerless, yeah. That wasn't um, DC, was, though. That was a fake city. I mean, it was in... I meant, like, not Marvel. No, it was like, connected it to DC, DC though, yeah. because... The guy it was, was Bruce DC, Wade's, yeah. like, cousin. Yeah. yeah. And they had, like, like Oh, Natalie oh, my Marshall. God. DC but Comics. Really... I thought you meant Washington, D.C. And oh, I was Alexis. like, no, I'm no, no, pretty no. sure they were in a fake city. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, I've ruined everything. Please continue, Liza. No, it's fine. It was, it, it, it just is an interesting premise because, like, there's all, like, from a pure majority standpoint, there's more normies than there are, like, yeah. powered people. And, like I said, it failed because it was bad, but I watched every right. episode. It is so a fun concept, and I it. feel like Vito was our little look into what it is like to grow up in the MCU. Yeah. Because that kid was like, what, nine? Something, yeah. I don't know. I'm like two? I don't know. What are ages for kids? Well, <laughs> ten, <laughs> ten years hasn't passed in the MCU. Oh, yeah. So he was, he was, he was probably born when Iron Man came out as Iron Man. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's never known a world that doesn't have superpowers, and apparently he's lived in New York for a long time. Um, so, like, that is the impact. I want to point out that Alexis's podcast idea, which is something we have talked about before, is precisely the reason I wanted to have you on. For even though you hadn't watched Buffy <laughs> for an episode, we talked about a Marvel show, Alexis. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, oh, I have to have Alexis. It's such a wild copyright violation, but I would <laughs> so want to do it. Um, I'm down. So. Also, oh. I feel like they, speaking of Vito, I feel like they used Vito and his attractive father um, <laughs> as a way to show that Jessica is making progress with connecting with people because she did, like, catch herself and pause and take those moments to connect, which was great, but why didn't you do that with Trisha Malcolm? I, I like, have that in my notes, Kirsten. I mm. say, like, it's really weird that she did stop to, like, connect with these people, but wouldn't do that for her already established, like, chosen family friends. Okay. Yeah. As someone who relates far too much to Jessica <laughs> and how much of an asshole she is, it is easier to forge a new connection with somebody than it is to fix a broken connection That's with That's somebody true. else. That's a good point. So Homegirl's probably fair. She chose the easier route. I'm not saying I've done this before. I'm just saying <laughs> it seems plausible. Uh, you yeah. know what? That's funny that you mentioned that. Liza... I just love you. Um, I was talking <laughs> with one of our, like, uh, Scooby guests, Colin, who's been on. We, like, both were talking about Love, Simon, and how he doesn't come out to his, like, bestest best friend. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And that's actually, like, him and I both discussed how that happened to us with our best friends. Like, 
my best friend Kim, who's like, we've been friends since I was in eighth grade, and, or she was in eighth grade, I was in ninth. She was one of the last of my friends I came out to just because it was like so much easier to be like, yeah, I'm gay to like people who had only known me for like a year or two, as opposed to like someone who had known me I, whenever I came out. What's a math? I think like five or six years at that point, like she had known me. I thought you were going to say five or six years ago. And I was like, <laughs> <No>. sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sorry. But I mean, like when I came out to her, it was like, she was like, oh, who else knows? And I was like, uh, kind of all of our friends. And she was like, what? Mm. <laughs> um, and yeah. That's so true. I, the, the stakes are lower because yeah. you don't have the time invested. It won't hurt as much if they end up rejo- rejecting you. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Good point. Good Lisa. point. <laughs> um, in the second episode, Alexis, did you notice that she was in the bar that was by my old apartment? I saw that you were tweeting about it, but I didn't actually recognize it. Which bar was it? She was in, uh, shit, I want to say it's Buttermilk. The one that, so. What a what, Brooklyn-ass name for a bar. Was that where Alyssa <laughs> used to work or no? No, it wasn't the one where Alyssa, it's the one that Sunny used to go to a lot. I'm sorry, I know we're getting off track. Oh, sorry, yeah. <laughs> um, the one that Sunny would always be like, oh, meet me here. This is, like That was like her all the time bar. I want to say it was like five or six blocks away. I don't know. But I recognize it because I text Kevin, who is my best friend and Alexis's boyfriend, full disclosure, um, and who I used to live with. And I was like, uh, is this the bar, like, Buttermilk? And he was like, oh, yeah, I knew they shot there. I didn't know, like, where it was in the season. So it was before he had watched it, but he knew they shot there. So Um, I was very excited to see that Jessica was at a bar near where I used to live. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to sidetrack us this time, but it's a really good story and it's worth it, I promise. Um, Since we have referenced Veronica Mars, and now we're talking about places that we have been, that our shows have filmed at, um, I was watching Veronica Mars with my husband, um, and she goes to talk to somebody at a strip club, and my husband says, oh, I know where that is, I've been there. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, oh, really? (laughs) He was like, yeah, oh, this sounds bad. Um, He's an attorney. And he had to go talk to them about, like, really specific permits oh. that they had. But, yeah, so he's totally <laughs> been to the strip club that features in Veronica Mars. That's funny. <laughs> I love this. Yeah. It was, it was, a, it was a good bonding moment. Um, anyway. <laughs> um, so bars. So, uh, yeah. And I do like that Jessica yeah. actually films in New York, where a lot of the Marvel yeah. things are, like, set in New York. Yeah. They don't actually film there. Um, so I just wanted to be self-indulgent and read. I, like was tweeting about like imagine a world where i'm like drunk and like see jessica at my local bar and like me being like mom i love you you're my hero and her being like i'm not your goddamn mother and is that a fucking buffy the vampire slayer pin on your jacket and that's like (laughs) you clearly haven't thought about this at all you just just write self-insert fan fiction in his head it's fine Um, everything's fine uh, it's even less original than you all are giving me credit for because i tweeted it and i just read the tweet <laughs> so boom, I'm even worse than you thought. Every scene, I don't know, every scene with a voiceover I love because it reminds me of Veronica Mars. Um yeah. I do, and I mean we talked about it, I do like that Simpson comes back to say, Oh no, I have to protect these women and then immediately dies. Yes, um that was great. And he did look at Liza, I will say that he did look a little different. Like at first I was like, mm, who's that? Um, yeah, he was hard to recognize. He was, yeah. he was. I would not have known it was him if they hadn't specifically said it was him. I think because he's like yeah. generic white. It's dude. like I think it's a mix between like white dude facial blindness and uh-huh. just like not giving a shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I actually once I realized it was him and I was like, he didn't die last season. Um, I couldn't even tell you what the end of his arc is in season one. 
Nope. He gets blown up. I thought he di- like doesn't he, I thought he got blown up and like died. Yeah, well, that was the implication. Oh, okay, okay. Apparently, they put yeah. it back together. Okay. Dr. Hardlock, who they kept bringing up, who was already dead, who didn't matter. Right, that was weird. That was a weird thing yeah. that, like, we spent so much... they really built him up in season one that, like, it's going to be a thing going into season two, and then season two, oh, he's dead. He's dead. No big deal. Yeah, mm. yeah um, and also, isn't yeah. he, like, a big Marvel thing? Isn't isn't he, um... Simpson? Oh, God. What's no, his... He He has the... The um, the flag on his face. That yes, yeah, like an actual Marvel villain. Simpson is Nuke in the Marvel Nuke, comics. Yes, yeah. there we go. Yeah, he's yeah, like, well, oh. they they nuked Nuke twice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, he looked pretty convincingly dead this time. Yes, this time. He I did. hope so. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't want to have to like Jessica Jones season three, and I'm like, wait. Who is this guy again? Again? <laughs> oh, he, he, he might just be the Kenny of the Marvel Netflix series. <laughs> just yeah. refuses to actually die. <laughs> so then we get, what's the dude's name? The rival detective? Oh, that was another really poor Oh, the hot aid. guy. Yeah, the really hot yeah, guy. He yeah. Was hot. Oh, but no. that was another one of those cringy times where a couple times Jessica is explaining privilege to men of color. And I was like, really? Yeah, Chang wasn't a great character. He only existed to shoot her later, yeah. and I guess yes. to give Malcolm a job. Yeah, that yeah. was very poorly done. Yeah, I mean, he was very attractive. Like, yeah, yeah. oh happen, gosh, but... yes, he, kinda... he was so he was mad a lot, and yeah. I was like, yes, yeah. daddy, yeah. get mad. <laughs> yeah, um, I because I really liked his first scene, like, I, or not maybe it's yeah. like the second scene where she like beats him up. I like I felt good about that. Um, yeah. But then, yeah, it was kind of like, what are we doing with this character? I for- yeah, he was super pointless. By the time he comes um, back to shoot her, I forgot why he was that mad at her that he was shooting her. Yeah. Yeah. If there's like a fuck, her. marry, kill of Jessica Jones season two side <laughs> plots, it's got to be Cheng trying to sue and or murder Jessica. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's got to be Malcolm attempting to be a PI by himself. <laughs> And then Jerry Hogarth getting scammed by oh, by God. so like what's the what's the fuck Mary kill of those? Oh God! Uh, did kill Chang? I would, you know, yeah, kill Chang. I would, I would fuck Jerry's emotional breakdown. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, I guess that just leaves kill Malcolm P.I. But no, no, Mary no, Malcolm P.I. Ma- yeah, that'll be that'll be, be Mary. Malcolm P.I. Listen, I I'm, guess. I'm marrying Jerry. I want that. She's rich as shit. Oh, it's true. <laughs> she is. Okay, my unpopular opinion then. I know you guys love Jerry. I did not give a shit about Jerry in season two. I thought her getting scammed was like interesting when you realized it, but like I thought most of her scenes were so boring. I mean, it was definitely spinning wheels, killing time. I love the show, but yeah. it should be nine. Eight episodes. I mean, I don't 13. even think it needs to be cut down. I think they just need to, sh- like, I, I think Jessica could exist because she is a detective. I did enjoy that episode in season one. That was a standalone episode where, like, they hire her, but they're actually, it's like a trick. Yeah. And they're mad. Like, yeah. I think because she is a detective and because it is a lot like Veronica Mars, it would lend uh-huh. itself to an overarching storyline, but, like, giving us a few episodes episodes where she's literally like she has a case to solve because like you said in the comics they do do that really well um and i wouldn't Mm -hmm. mind if the show gave us a few episodes where there's like a mystery 
it's pretty clear cut, you know, okay, maybe there's a few twists in it, but it's like contained to one episode. I wouldn't mind that. Yeah. And I'm going to say, honestly, I did not like her mom. I did not like this storyline. I didn't think that it was interesting. I I just, I felt like the season was really brutal and I didn't. As, as much as I love Jessica Jones, and I still love Jessica Jones, and if anybody listening to this works for Marvel and wants to hire me to write a Jessica Jones novel, yes. <laughs> or me. <laughs> um, we'll co-write it. Um, one I of us can be Trish, really one of us can be Jessica. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, also, when they first showed her mom, I thought she was Laurie Metcalf, and I was like, yo, I didn't know Laurie Metcalf was in this. Ian, <laughs> <laughs> you would. <laughs> I like the mom stuff. I don't know if it's because I have mom issues, once again, relating too hard. But, like, I, it was also one of those things where, like, I'm not good at guessing what's going to happen in TV shows. And I actually guessed that it was her mom before they announced it. And I was like, really? Yeah, I was was so proud of myself. I was blindsided. And, again, I think that was the moment where I was like, oh, man, what a great second to last episode of television. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and then the rest of the show happened and i was like oh my god just kill her right like, I, I think that's how i, I think yes. part of my issue with it is i i really dislike when when agency is taken away from characters when decisions are sort of made for them or they just kind of are like where where the main character doesn't matter essentially and i feel like mm-hmm. so much of that storyline was jessica just sort of like reacting to things or um trying to like like just in the middle of things, but she wasn't really driving the narrative, if that makes sense. Like, especially the last couple of episodes with her mother, where she kept being like, "Well, I'm going to turn you in." Well, I'm not going to turn you in. Yes, that was well. That was making me was, nuts. And then in the end, she didn't make any decisions. They were all made for her. And like as a storyteller, um, if you could take the main character out and the story doesn't change, like there's a problem there. And that for me was the problem. Is I feel like I feel like. Um, she wasn't driving the narrative as much in the last few episodes. I, would agree with that. I mean, I guess that's like a good critical analysis of it, but like, <laughs> why are you so mad about it, Liza? <laughs> because it's logical. Like, <laughs> I, I, and like, I just like liked it. I mean, but... so I'm somewhere between Liza and Kirsten because I 100% agree with Kirsten, but I love Jessica so much and I do almost by proxy, but I think their performances and the writing, I love Trish and Malcolm, so I kind of yeah. just like watching them be like do things. Yeah. Um, yeah. So well, I, I feel like I, I understand those characters a lot, because a, a lot of the characters in the show are like sort of deliberately inscrutable in a way, where it's yeah. like, ah, sexy enigmas, I get it. <laughs> but Trish and Malcolm have such deliberate motivations that to see them come together, I was just like, ooh, this isn't going to end well, but I can't see how it doesn't end well. Yeah. And I feel like them together is so electric and interesting, or even just them as separate characters, just because they're, they are the normies. Yeah. They yeah. are the normies who are in the orbit of the super-powered main character, but they make so much sense. Yes. Um, and also I need to point out that aquarium scene. <laughs> And how weirdly cheap it was. Um, Yeah. That, like, the cliffhanger was her mom smashing open the, like, aquarium, and then it's just like, oh, look, everyone's wet. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know it's because they didn't have the budget, but still, it felt like, why bother? (laughs) Well, but 
also they made such a big deal about how she's in the house and she's always accounted for that why was she meeting him at the aquarium like she was unaccompanied and just like met him at the aquarium yeah around what? a bunch of people and fish yeah like things she like they didn't go there together him. she met him there so like their whole like oh well she's always under supervision and she sleeps here and she can't get out of this room was like well no I think it was, like, when she had episodes. I don't know. They didn't quite clarify all. Because it was, yeah. yeah, she had that room. But then, you know, we got the scene of her playing the piano with the woman with the baby. Which was great. Yeah, which yeah, did make me nervous. Scene. That was, was super creepy. It was well done. I was like, oh, God, I don't want to see her murder this mother and baby. But also, as a mom, you don't go over to your neighbor and be like, do you want to hold my baby? We heard you <laughs> playing the piano. Like, I what? thought it was all going to be a trick. Like, yeah, that's what it felt like. Yeah, yeah I was like, hair. that's a cop with a little baby yeah. cop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They both have guns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and so once we got, which it was a really, it probably was maybe one of the better standalones this season, was the flashback of how her mom fit into her world prior yeah. to what we right. had seen. Which, the jacket and all that. Yeah, which the timeline for me was a little bit... I wanted it to be a little bit more concrete. Because they never told us how many years prior or when. Yeah. Like, uh, it was a little yeah, like Also, don't, don't give Trish terrible extensions and tell me she's 10 years younger. That's <laughs> <laughs> like, don't don't lie to me. I can, I can, I can spot clip-ins, buddy. I'm not done. <laughs> um, so that... I, I did love her at the club because I, and I did tweet this as well, but it did remind me like when she's just not having it and she can't pretend and, and Trisha's like, when you don't like someone, just, you know, say something nice, lie. That's like me to Liza at happy hour. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Drag me again. <laughs> yeah. I do I did, think I there was a attempt. huge missed opportunity that Marvel did not release. I want your cray cray on iTunes. I was about to say, <laughs> I've had that song stuck in my head for a I want to listen to it so bad and it I can't. So and I would pay 99 cents song. for that. Yeah, like, and I like that it was obviously a bad song, but you could have envisioned hearing it during that time period on the radio. Yeah, oh, but, yeah. Um, they oh, but this reminds me of Griffin. Was his name Griffin? And yeah. that whole red herring where you right. thought that he was spying on her, but really he was setting up the proposal. I don't have a single note about that, but you're right. It's and, then, then, and then yeah. he's gone. Like, because they did, they, they're like, oh, he's such a nice guy. I finally am dating a good guy. And then you hear him, like, he's downloading stuff off his off her computer. And he's like, no, we can't talk right now. And, like, and then it's a proposal, which I felt like was a good twist because you did expect him to be betraying her. But... That he just didn't matter at all. Again, yeah. so. I think that should be the the third subplot in Fuck yeah. Mary. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah. Yeah, we forgot about that one. That's how good that one was. That's, yeah, that's how unimportant it was that we had to be like, "Oh, right, that guy." Um, it's yeah, a and, that we just watched. So how are we, how did you all take the like proposal? Like, how are we supposed to? I didn't, and I mean, I know I've said I already said this. The show kind of lives in a moral gray area. I didn't quite know how the audience was supposed to feel. I, you know, I, when she said, I realized that moment, I didn't want to marry him. I wanted to be him. I felt like that was pretty powerful. Like that was a good, really good insight into Trish. But at the same time, she's already into drugs. She's already a mess. So it just kind of felt like her self-sabotaging even more. Right. Because her point made sense, but then it felt like in the grander scheme of her and the season, it felt like it was, yeah, part of her 
like assassinating her own character. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm still I mean, a lot of people on Twitter were like, Griffin is awful, he's a terrible character, he's Uh-oh. a mansplainer, Uh-oh. he's doing that. But at the same time, I'm still not sure if Trish hadn't like tasted glory with the drugs. Yeah. If she would have been like, Okay, you know what? I'm 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 not gonna be this super person. I'm gonna settle for the prescribed life that makes sense for me, which is being, you know, a, a small podcast person and marrying a big famous guy. Or if she still would have had that drive. And I feel like the dilemma is part of what made her interesting this season. Yeah. But I yeah. don't remember ever really hating Griffin at any point. Like, I don't think he was condescending. Maybe I need to go watch those episodes again to get where all the hate came from. But, like, he did seem just like what a lot of successful handsome journalists are like like he yeah he, he, he like, didn't he obvious. didn't seem egregious yeah yeah and it was obvious he was just tolerating jessica but let's be honest if your girlfriend's best friend was jessica you would not like her yeah oh, not at all like and i say this having a huge crush on jessica like no if your girlfriend's best friend was jessica you would be like she's gonna get you killed <laughs> like she's yeah. a terrible person yeah, she just drags up. you down all the time so like i felt like I felt like his attitude toward Jessica was both understandable and sympathetic. Like, I never felt like he was an unsympathetic character. Yeah. But then he was just gone. So, yeah. Yeah, I didn't hate Griffin. Yeah. No. I, I, yeah. yeah. I didn't love him. Like, I didn't care about him. Again, like, we forgot about him. But I wanted yeah. what yeah. was best for like, Trish. He, and he felt he like... He was yeah. a, a total non-entity. Yeah. Like, yeah. out of out of the three men we've seen her have, have sex with on this show, he was probably the best choice. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah I like I mean yeah and so I remember thinking like even watching it, I'm like is this am I supposed to feel bad like am I supposed to agree with her am I supposed to like and I felt like it was one of those things where it's like in the like yeah like her I told myself I was gonna cut back on saying like so much on this podcast I failed completely <laughs> um, <laughs> but I did yeah, once we, like, look back on the season, I feel like it clearly was just part of that, right? Like, it wasn't... Because, I mean, when Jessica said, yeah, he sucked up all the air in the room, I was like, no, Jessica, like, come on. You do. <laughs> like, she yeah. also said he's a genuinely good guy, just a few scenes before that. Yeah, and she seems that she looked into him and, like, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I did love that part when she said, like, no, I know, he, he doesn't. Like, I looked into him. Like, I did... I liked that because it showed, which we didn't quite get enough of this season, it showed Jessica when she's caring and loving, but not telling you she is. Like, yeah, she yeah. did the thing, she didn't tell Trish about it, but now she's being like, yeah, I looked into him, whatever, don't be emotional, because she doesn't want that. Um, but, you know, she's doing it because she legitimately loves Trish. Yeah. yeah. I feel like Griffin was the... The, the small-scale experiment that pushed Trish to do what she eventually did do in this season, which was to undergo the procedure, yeah. the interrupted procedure, which still turned her into Hellcat. Hello, season three. <laughs> uh-huh. um, mm-hmm. Where you really understood when she turned down the proposal and had the talk with her horrible mother about how Trish, as a person, is never going to be content with being a sidekick basically with not not having the power to do what she wants to accomplish and whether like with griffin it was a career thing you know 
if I'm married to Griffin, I'm going to be Griffin's girlfriend. I'm going to be his wife. I'm going to be riding his coattails a lot. I'm going to be always sort of the, the, the footnote. Oh, he married an actress. And then when it comes to Jessica, she's always going to be the superhero's sister, the one that can't help as much, the one that can't lift a car off of a baby. And I think that it did it did really speak to her fairly new season two priorities uh, <laughs> as far as character development goes. So I do think it did serve as a good test run that led to her yeah. making that choice. We're like, I'm not going to be number two anymore. And that I understood very well. And that I yeah. got. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to move us forward because we are <laughs> running short on time. Um, Look at what a good co-host I am. I know, you're great. So let's talk... <laughs> Let's talk the end of the season. Let's talk the last episode, how we felt about how things played out, and what we want to see moving into season three. Oh, wait, I just have one thing before we do the last episode. I'm sorry, now I'm sidetracked. I'm re-sidetracking. But okay. I wanted to mention Chilgrave. Oh, yeah! I love that! Yes! I thought, I thought it, it was so well done. Episodes, of course. I thought he... It was, it was. And they used him sparingly and just enough. Like, I thought it was... Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, I, was, he, he was sprinkles on the Jessica Jones cupcake. And I, it I made almost, sense. It was executed well. It was like chef's kiss. The the moment when she's crossing the street with Malcolm, and all she can hear is Chilgrave shouting, in like a million different spots in the intersection, it made me so anxious. And I, I loved it. But like I was like fuck, and it just felt real to her that she, you know, she had these flashbacks in the beginning of season one when she thought he was dead and he wasn't. So it makes sense that she would still have them now. Um... I don't know, David Tennant's such a good actor, like, fuck, he was... And it was only was... one episode, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, that was yeah. Such a good way to bring him back in and kind of nod to her trauma from season one, that, like, when she over... When she goes through something that just destroys her, yeah. that's where her head goes, is back to him. And that was... It was really... Yeah. Really yeah. yeah, because it was after she commits her second murder. Yes. And yeah. she was so worried about being her a third. killer. That was her, her third murder. Oh well, true. I don't. I don't super count Rita as a murder. Yeah, but she does. She does. She does. does. Yeah. She totally does. Um, yeah. So okay, now we can be on the last episode, Kirsten. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) No, but that was good. Yeah. Um, Definitely a standout. I go back to her mom murdered her boyfriend. Like her mom murdered. Yeah. Did she ever find out? Yeah, her mom told her. Her mom told her. Oh, okay. Yeah, she did. And yeah. I don't know and that the, I would get over that. Like, yeah, her mom's her mom's solution to everything, like like the um the other cop, the woman cop. Yeah, she didn't have to drop her out the window with herself. She could have thrown yeah. her into the cop and then jumped also, out the window. Also, yeah, like, stop stop murdering people chose, of color on this yeah, show. Yeah, she consistently chose to kill people when there were other options. Like her mom was not a good person. No, and yeah, I just I kept. That's, I mean, you mentioned this, Kirsten, that's what bothered me the most about the finale, was I didn't love that she was like, okay, no, but I have to turn you in. Okay, no, but like, okay, let's keep going. Uh, but I should yeah. turn you in. Like, I felt like... Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, I, I just, I wish she could have made a decision. I didn't love... I mean, I didn't I, I didn't love ever, anything... I didn't love everything that happened. Um, but it felt more like... We Trish shouldn't have done what she did, but it felt like it made it almost made sense. Trish's actions and the way she explained them did make sense. Yeah, right, yes. like yeah, and I agreed with Trish. Also, uh, Trish is an incredible shot. 
Like, <laughs> you know, yeah. a handgun from that distance on something that's moving with a it had to be partially blocked. Like that's what wow. I thought the first hint for her powers was. I thought yeah. that was supposed to be our big hint, but then they had the yeah. later scene with the iPhone. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, I'm excited for Hellcat. I mean, yeah. I think they were they pushed it like a little too hard hinting at it this season. Uh huh. Yes. Because I was just kind of like, we get it. Like, yeah. she's going to be Hellcat. Calm down. But I am excited for it because I am a sap. And I love, I know it's not going to be like it, but I love Kate uh, Leth Leith. I'm going to butcher that. Yes, her uh, Hellcat okay, book. Oh, yeah. Because it's just like super queer and super wholesome. And to <laughs> get to see like the opposite of like Patsy. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's going to be really cool. And I, I will love. I will love it if she, I mean, I hope she doesn't, even if she gets a spinoff, I hope we still see Jessica. Like, I don't want it to be them separate. Yeah. For me, I yeah. love Oh, do you think they'll punish her? That's what I'm thinking. Like, they could do that. Oh, see, I wouldn't think so. I would think that would be the big driving force of Jessica season three is them. I would, the two I mean, of them. I would be into that. I would be 100% yeah. on board with that. Yeah, I feel like yeah. that's kind of where they have to go. Oh, like a buddy cop show? <laughs> yeah. Into yeah. it. Yeah. And yeah, I, I mean, I'm happy that they're finally moving forward with that storyline because, again, they've been building to it for so long. Like, yeah. yeah, let's just get that over with. And then I was super happy Malcolm got out. Like, <laughs> I, I just feel like Jessica is so toxic for him and she genuinely doesn't appreciate him. And he's done his penance. Like, yeah, let him move on and be awesome. And I'm sad for his hair, but he's I a was, beautiful man. It, so. like, hurt my heart when he was, like, shaving. I was like, oh, no. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> um, yeah, I, yeah, I agree. Um, I am really... Looking forward to, like, where the next season will go. But who knows? That'll be... How many years do we have to wait between season one and two? Like, fuck. Oh, God. Three it's years. Like another... Was it three? Yeah. Oh. It was three oh. years. It was 2015. God. Oh. God. I was so young then. <laughs> <laughs> we were all different. <laughs> um, and I do have to say, though, when she gets to the bottom of the Ferris wheel and the police all get there, it did, was... like... I... Yes. Kristen Ritter's acting just like showing the like the, her like dead eyes that are like tearing up and she's shaking. It did break my heart for her. It even, was yeah. incredible. Even though her yeah, mom needed really to go, good. I still was like, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Covered in her mom's blood. And I really appreciated that they had the one cop who was like, no, I was there that night that I put a gun in my own yes. mouth. Like, I trust you. Because and that I would like, yeah. be a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought that was a really nice callback to the reason that he trusted her. Yeah. 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 And like that, yeah. So yeah, that last scene was powerful. But again, like I wanted her because she, and so much of the season was her deciding to do one thing and then deciding to do another. Like yeah. when she took her mom, she called the police, but then she got out with her mom. But then Chang was like, no, you need to turn her in. So she turned her in right there. And then like, it just, it was just so many, like it was so back and forth. Like yeah. I would have liked to have seen a cleaner narrative, but I will still watch Jessica Jones do anything as evidenced by the fact that I watched Defenders. So yeah, same. Um huh. All right, so I think we're at the end where we can grade each season. Ooh. Well, we'll this grade. Is stressful. Wait, are we including Defenders? So, yeah, we're going to do season one, Defenders, and season two from an A to F. Alexis, you can go first. Season one is an A minus. Okay. I take points away for the deliberate privilege scene okay. and the Jessica's Childhood Home sequence, 15 episodes of it. <laughs> The Defenders, I gotta give them, like, oh, God, like a D. It was a real (laughs) struggle. Grading just Jessica in Defenders, like, 
right. be. Yeah, same. Because, like I said, great, great, like, surface character of her roasting everyone. <laughs> no character development. Season two, I would give a B plus. Okay. There was too much going on, but I loved where Jessica started and ended up. I love where Trish started and ended up and Malcolm as well. It was a meandering path to get there, but I got it. And I also give a little extra sprinkle of points for just Jerry Hogarth getting her own show <laughs> just in the middle of it. Just like Netflix Marvel now has poker <laughs> and their own concepts um and i i really loved that i mean you, you can't give me trinity dancing with a bunch of prostitutes taking like all the e in the world and snorting coke off of stuff and for me to be like oh no i hated it like that's a lie <laughs> so there are my ratings um liza <laughs> Um, I give season one an A for just, like, executing it well okay. on, like, every level. Uh, Defenders gets a D because I just don't give a shit about Danny <laughs> Rand on any level of anything. And then I agree that season two is a B plus. I need Jessica Jones to treat its characters of color better. It is such a sore point in an otherwise wonderful show about sad things. <laughs> um, and, but I'm looking forward to anything Jessica does because I would watch her like watch paint dry. Same. <laughs> Liza, I feel like that's like our brand is like wonderful show about sad things <laughs> yes i mean that's why i like this is us it's yeah. a wonderful show about depressing ass shit um kirsten uh yeah season one i'm gonna give an a i just was so surprised by it and loved it so much and it gave me a new heroine to obsess over <laughs> um defenders definitely a d uh i resented that i had to watch it <laughs> but i really enjoyed the jessica and luke aspects of it um and then season two, I'm going to give a B minus. Um, I found it really kind of like a frustrating experience as a viewer. And I stopped for like a week and a half in the middle and I didn't really care, which is pretty devastating because I love Jessica Jones so much. Um, I am very much looking forward to season three. I hope they can get past their sort of like sophomore slump. I get it. The, the, the follow-up to a really great first story is always rough. Um, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to season three because I do feel like I liked the notes that season two ended on. All right. All right. I would give season one an A+. Plus <laughs> you stan. Love it so much. <laughs> um, I, I'm actually going to be the fairest grader on Defenders. I give it a C, which, I mean, still isn't saying that much. But <laughs> And season two, exactly the same, B+. Plus. I would watch season three no matter what. I think she's one of the strongest MCU characters. Definitely their strongest non-movie character. Yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward. I I know this is probably unpopular, but I would love it if like Malcolm and her did make up and could find a like I I wanted it to end with her appreciating Malcolm. I Yeah, I, I do yeah. too. And I hope yeah. they can find Justice a way to that. Malcolm. Yes, like I I want to end with me appreciating Malcolm. <laughs> <laughs> we know Liza. <laughs> Sorry, I had to. <laughs> 
yeah, I mean, like, I want Malcolm to appreciate it on my face, but like, you know, like, I still <laughs> oh my god like it. If like <laughs> she could be like, hey, I've been kind of a dickhead to you. Let's work together. Like, I would love them to be this badass PI duo, yeah. and you know, she's the super powered one, so she does like a lot of the fighting. Maybe he can help sometimes with the fighting. I don't care. Like, I, I would just, that's what I would want, honestly. And I was kind of hoping we would get there. Because we do, which yeah. we forgot to mention, but uh, barely mattered, was that at the very end she goes to her hot downstairs landlord, or super slash neighbor's house for dinner. Um, and that, for me, I got what they were saying. Like, oh, look, she is appreciating some people, but I want her to appreciate Malcolm and Trish more. Yeah. Which is what I would like. And I wouldn't yeah. mind a few, like, this is what she's doing as a detective. So, yeah. Thank you all for joining me for this special episode. I really appreciate it. Oh, um, so much fun. Yeah. Yes. Th- thank yeah. you so much. I love much. this. Um, so if you want to follow our podcast on Twitter, we are at SlayerFestX98. And if you'd like to follow my guest co-host Kirsten on Twitter, she's at Kirsten, K-I-E-R-S-T-E-N, White, W-H-I-T-E. Thank you. And if you'd like to follow our special guest, one of them you cannot. She doesn't want you to follow her, so stop <laughs> trying. <laughs> Kirsten, you're supposed to say my Twitter handle. <laughs> oh! <laughs> oh! Don't <laughs> follow Ian! Well, but you can follow <laughs> Please Ian follow instead. Ian. Ian is wonderful, and it's at Ian X Crawford, right? Carlos. Carlos, dang it! See, why why do you even have me? What what purpose do I serve? At Enx Carlos, he's delightful and charming and handsome. You love his voice already. You should love his Twitter feed too. You're gonna make me blush, Kirsten. Um, did, did I did I did I overcome messing up? Okay, good. Alexis, where can everyone follow you? You can follow me on Twitter, where I tweet about the crazy figures of history and also sometimes what I'm eating. Um, at Alexis Vened and E D D. Um, also, that was awesome that Lynn Mel- Lynn Manuel Miranda quote tweeted you the other day. <gasps> he also DM'd me, but I'll tell you later. <gasps> what? <gasps> okay. I'm obsessed. Yeah, okay. Um, well, you can follow me. I only went private because I was talking about Punisher and white dudes got mad at me. Oh. So you can follow me at Dirtbag Alien. Um, all right, guys, and thanks for listening, and we'll see you later. Bye.